choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? This is Kells at KMGZ. Thanks for Kells Podcast, episode 350. I'm back. You bitches done forced me out of retirement. I ain't gonna lie, I've been putting off um recording this because um I uh I told y'all before I had the surgery and um like I ain't no spring chicken no more. Like it's been, I mean the surgery I'm gonna get into it, but like the everything went fine. It's not like nothing went bad, but like I don't, these bitches that be getting these BBLs and all these surgeries every other month, I don't know how y'all do that. I see how y'all be about to die on the table because, yo, surgery take a lot out of you. Even when it go well, just your body healing is it's draining. Like, I just be exhausted, like, tired. But it was some days when I was off that two weeks, I was going to bed like five, six, seven, sleeping all the way through. Like, I was just exhausted. Um, But anyway, I'm back. Um, you know, y'all, y'all, today's the day. Like, I, I sometimes when I get like this, I gotta wait till I get a spark, and I know I'm about to get on this mic and, and do it. And today I just got that spark because I don't know, I felt like playing games with people on the internet today, and that shit sparked me up. So, here we go. Anyway, so, um, thanks y'all for uh, your patience, but I did tell y'all that I was gonna go out, so y'all should have knew. All right, so, um, I had a, I got a lot of topics here because, of course, I've been out for a minute. But I'm, I'm. We'll try to get to all of them. But I don't know. Well, we might, cause some of them probably not that long. Um. So the first one I want to do is Super Bowl set. It's gonna be the Niners and the Chiefs. People seem to not like the Chiefs. I know the Taylor Swift thing, which I think is hilarious. I don't know why y'all let Taylor Swift in the NFL mesh y'all. I really think somebody in the NFL high up, probably some old white man or his daughter, is a real big fan of Taylor Swift, and that's why they forcing this because like I don't think anybody that watches the NFL really gives a shit. Like people, it's like all these conspiracy theories about what they trying to do i'm like if you watch football and you a taylor swift fan you don't care about this and i don't think there's no taylor swift fans that don't watch football that's really like gonna get into the nfl like they might watch this to see her but they like i just don't get it i don't understand what they think they are accomplishing with this the, you know what i mean like what fans they think they're winning over with this I, I, it's funny to me. I don't, I don't get all upset about it. Like everybody did like, Oh, how many times they going to listen? It's Taylor Swift back in the day. If Michael Jackson or somebody, I'm not saying they the same, but they, you know, that level of, of celebrity was at a game. They'd be showing him all the time to a prince or whoever. Like, it's just, I don't get why y'all let that shit upset you. So it don't bother me at all. But I will say I want the Chiefs to run the fucking San Francisco 49ers out the fucking stadium because they are a bitch-ass fucking team. I cannot stand them, and I just want them to lose because they just it's – so, it's no need for them to whine and bitch and complain and act like they do. And I just – I want Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes just one more time on them. Um, 
but it's also very frustrating because that eagle to watch to, to know that the Eagles collapse the way they do, knowing that we ran through every single one of these fucking teams like they was mashed potatoes, is very frustrating. And I'm trying not to think too far ahead. We got our new coaching staff and everything, and so hopefully, uh, we can get back on track. <sighs> Excuse me. All right, that's what I had to say about that. Um where I want to go next. Issa Rae gave a, um, this might be a little bit all over the place. Usually I try to lump stuff up, but it's kind of unlumpable. Some of it. Um, so I'll do the, the straggling stuff first. Um, Issa Rae gave an interview in, damn, I should have said what the magazine was, but I did not, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, gave an interview in, um, let me see. I can't remember the magazine, but she talked about, um, I've, I've read it and she talked about, um, um, I've, I've always been a fan of Issa Rae. I've so I've, I've said that to y'all on here before, always back to awkward black girl, because I've always, I've watched every interview she's given. I've, I've read every interview she's given and I think she has it figured it out, figured out. I think she's bright and I, I think she's got the right um, approach when like she said that you know a lot of times when people talk about networking they try to network up they want to go to this person to accomplish this and that and they're like no that's not the way you do it network out like network with the people that are y'all trying to do the same things and get together and you add yours and they add theirs and that's how you work and that's how I network in my professional life because I find that to be more um lucrative I I and I try to tell younger attorneys some listen some don't that like look you might not want that connection you got that's the head of such and such network that's great but that's probably not that's not necessarily going to lead you anywhere like they're not they're so far removed and I honestly no no shade a lot of them so busy trying to protect their spot and that you know they're not going to be really helpful to you but you want you know your homegirl that work over at such and such that know the job is about to come up because somebody quit or somebody got fired that lets you know hey hey excuse me we but we about to um look for a role over here so low yo give me your resume i'm gonna let it slot like that's that's how you that's how you do it and so she gave her um an interview recently where she was talking about sorry y'all told y'all be exhausted talking about um you know all this stuff going off to streamers and selling off content and she was like yo I, there's really no more smart executives left all, all you have is number counters and they don't know anything they don't know anything about content and like so you just kind of got to do your own stuff she was like i just and just her approach to where she uses the success from one project to fund another project uh, she, I, I just think that's dope. I think that's the way you do it. That's what I've been trying to say. Sorry, y'all. That's what I've been trying to say for the longest when I'm talking about these um, artists, you know, always begging for acceptance or begging for somebody to let them do something. Fun your own shit. The other thing she said is she recognizes that, like, you have to make money. It's easier when you're successful. It's easier when they make that money because that, that, um, greases your path. And that's true. Like, again, I always say y'all trying to make this obscure, super genius chasing these awards shit, make shit that's successful, make shit that people like, make shit that makes money, take your money, make other shit that makes money. Like if your shit is good, people will fuck with it. I feel like in the nineties, 
creators were making shit that was good, making shit that other that were entertaining that other people that we all wanted to see that they knew was good. And if it won an award, it won an award, but that's not what they were. That's not what the goal. The goal was to make a quality shit, make good shit. And a lot of them good, a lot of the movies that we all view as classics and we love, they didn't get no Oscars. They, they made a lot of money though. <laughs> you know what I mean? All Will Smith's pictures, uh, uh, Martin Lawrence pictures, um, all them, um, uh, Boys in the Hood, like all them types movies, you know, Top Gun, I, I'm going outside of the black, but you know what I'm saying? Like movies that very successful and, and kept the Hollywood studios boosted up then when the Academy Awards and nobody back then really was pressed for it. Now it seems like all these motherfuckers want to do is win awards and it's real, well, real whack. So shout out to Issa. She's a hero, not, not a hero, but she's somebody I fuck with and I think is, is doing it the right way. And I've been keeping my eye on for a very long time. And I think she has the right idea. And I think she's very black, uh, very bright. And I would just love to have the opportunity to work with her one day, you know, for showing it out there in the universe. Cause, um, I used to be on YouTube, girl, giving you, when you put them little fundraising things on YouTube, I used to send you my little, I was broke as fuck too. I had no money, but I send you my little five, ten dollars like whatever I had, three dollars. I was broke as a motherfucker, but I wanted to see more of them episodes because I thought it was so good and it was nothing else out there like that. All right. Um, what I want to go to next, that's kind of together. Um, I'm going to talk about that last. Oh, so... And, um, you know, if y'all notice, I've been steering clear of politics so much on here because I just can't, I can't argue about it no more. I told y'all what it is. I told y'all what's going to be. I think all this coverage is bullshit. I think the media is, um, bullshit. I think they not covering the shit right. I'm tired of y'all talking to these Trump voters and acting like the shit is so close when it's not, um, like the shit is so terrible when it's not. But, um, one thing I do want to remark on is, is, is like I told y'all, Nikki Haley figuring out she ain't white. Like I've been saying like her, the other dude, it's like, yo, these POCs in this country, they, they, they kill us because us being black people, because it's like, they don't understand you're not white. It doesn't matter how white you act, how white you talk, how Jason didn't try to be. You're not white. And as soon as you come up against them, trying to get somewhere on your own with them, that's when you're going to find out that you're not white. So y'all going to these, tr- the dude was like, oh my God, they're asking me about my immigration state. Yeah, fool. Like, yeah, because you're not white. Like we, uh, like, we keep trying to tell y'all. Y'all keep thinking that the way to win is to try to be a white person. It's not. Because you're never going to be white. They just dangle that carrot in front of you to get them to do your dirty work, to get you to fucking be a fucking coon. Like, that's going to say, they don't, they laugh at y'all. They laugh at y'all. They calling y'all all kind of apples and shit behind your back. They're never going to vote for you. Like, I just think it's funny that, like, she's running up against this and keep she, she keep trying to spin it a certain way. Because first she was coming at Kamala Harris, like, like Kamala Harris was like, had like, she, like they were on the same level. And it's like, baby, you, 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 your resume, you, you're going, they don't stack up against Kamala. Kamala Harris went from the, uh, district attorney in, in, um, Oakland or wherever the fuck she was at to the attorney general state of California, to the Senator for the state of California, to the goddamn vice president. Like, bitch, you ain't, you're not on that level. Y'all are not peers in any way. And I just thought it's funny how you thought you was going to jump just straight to her and you can't even get out your own fucking pro- Like you, getting zero percent of the vote i just i just think that's hilarious i just think it's funny and i just had to comment on it found out you was a sand nigger that's what they call them sand niggers and even if y'all not from the sand y'all from the area where they got sand at they call y'all sand niggers 
All right. Uh, what do I want to do next? I guess I should talk about my surgery since that's what took me so long. So I had um, my surgery on 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 January nineteenth. So it was a um, I had a I had a compound hernia, which means I had a hernia before, and sometimes it, it comes loose again. And when it comes loose again, they call it a compound hernia. So that's what I had. And then I had to get, um, well, I have fibroids. A lot of people, a lot of, um, black women suffer from fibroids. Um, I do too. I, I found that it ran in my family. I didn't never know that, but apparently it did. I don't know when they showed up. I, I didn't have them all my life. I know some people have in their twenties and their thirties. I didn't, I think I probably got them. Well, I know they first told me about them maybe about 10 years ago. So, um, I, you know, it's not something to suffer with my whole life, but, and, if you know anything about fibroids, um, what they tell you is, uh, you know, they're not can't, they're just like growths on, um, usually they grow on in your uterus, but they can grow other places, but just like in your reproductive tract, it's just like, I don't know, lumps of muscle. Nobody really knows why or where they come from, but they're benign, but they can cause a lot of problems. Like, but they tell you if they don't really bother you, then just don't, you know, if like if they're not making you, sometimes they could make it hard to like have kids. I've, I've heard sometimes it makes sex painful. I've heard I didn't, I don't give a damn about kids and, um, didn't have a other issue either. Um, so as far as I know, anyway, uh, as far as I know, I've been having these things. Um, um, and so they tell you, if that's the case, you should just leave them because after menopause, they'll shrink. So that's what they kept telling me. So I wasn't really having no issue with them because they really weren't bothering me. But then recently, it's not that they were bothering me, but they were doing, it was like, um, it was just like little annoyances that I started noticing that I didn't have before. And, and, but what really got me to do the surgery is my doctor was like, Hey, you know, you do your, um, you go do your, uh, somebody on Twitter was like, <laughs> If you saw the uh if you saw the Baltimore wretched episode the Cosby show live, it's time to do your mammogram, it's time to do your colonostomy, and it's time to do your uh some other oh get your shingle shot. <laughs> I was like, nigga, fuck you. Because <laughs> I did all that shit. <laughs> but anyway, um when you go get the um what's it called? The thing what they do when people are pregnant. When they when they look in your stomach. Um What's that called? That y'all know what I'm talking about. That um, where they put the gel on your stomach, and when she did that, she saw that um, I had a whole lot and one, and they were really big. She was like, "Wow, you got a lot." And one is like five centimeters. She was like, "Basically, they're so big and in there that it, your uterus um thinks that you're three months pregnant." So that that explained a lot of like the little like I was like I never um my face never breaks out, like, my skin routine is really good, but I was starting to get random pimples from, like, you know, hormone changes and the shit, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, and, and, and sometimes, like, my, um, my, um, I don't know, I would just get, like, bloated, and I don't normally do that, so I was like, this some, basically, like, what, what I was told is I was, like, the symptoms of, if you're pregnant, I was having some of them, like, I wasn't gaining weight, but, like, I was having some of those symptoms you get when a hormone change, and I wasn't pregnant, so I was like, oh, well, she was like, so I'm not telling you to get them out. She was like, but if you do take them out, that, that'll go away. Plus, they'll, you know, they'll just be out. Plus, that could be, because y'all know, I'll be, if y'all listen this long enough, y'all know I've been, like, killing myself trying to get my stomach down. Like, what the fuck do I have to do? And she said, that might be part of the reason why you can't get your stomach down, because fibroids do um, tend to um, make your stomach protrude. And when I heard that, I was like, you mean to tell me I've been killing myself all this time and it's been these goddamn things? So... I was like, all right, come on, let's take them out. No big deal. Let's take them out. So 
that was the plan to get the fibroids removed. However, the doctor, so, you know, we did all the appointments and everything and do that. And he was like, all right, yeah, um, no problem. This surgery usually takes about an hour, 45 minutes. A very common surgeon. I do it all the time. He tell me the risk and not the risk, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it turns out that the surgery was a lot more difficult than they expected because the where the fibroids were and how they were attached, it was just a lot. It was a lot of them. They were attached to, he said, one was attached to my, uh, uh, um, uh, what did he say? I can't, it was attached to some other organ. I can't remember. Um, and it was just, so he had to bring another doctor in. Um, they did the lacroscopy. Yeah. Um, and he said that if it got complicated, they would have to take him out via C-section. They didn't have to do that, but they did have to make way more cuts than he initially said. So I have way more scars that are, are healed. And one of them is like right where my pants would sit on my waistband. Oh, so I've been wearing sweatpants nonstop, and it's so, that scar is, like, so tender. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back in, in regular pants, but I feel okay. Two weeks, I feel, um, I feel like in another two, three weeks, I'll be back to normal, but right now, I, I'm a little off. Like, I, I went up, I went up the subway steps the other day, and that shit, like, winded me, and I was like, oh, and I could just feel, I don't know, I could, if you ever been, like, injured I, I tore my Achilles tendon when I was in law school and it was kind of the same thing if you ever had like a real bad injury there's like this I don't know you being kind of like this this your body being kind of like a shock stage that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now but I'm off the pain meds and everything so um yeah that's that's how it went I went down like um my old lady stayed here like we got the surgery here in New York they had to keep me overnight they weren't going to do that but because of, um they said I lost a lot of blood they was like my doctor said it was one of the most difficult of these surgeries she's ever done and he said I lost a lot of blood so they kept me overnight to make sure everything was okay released me the next day came back here we stayed here for about a week my old lady took real good care of me had the medicine on on schedule i didn't even know what time i was supposed to take it she just come out like any pills i'm like oh thanks um and then once i i just wanted to you know i didn't think i should travel right away so we waited until like thursday then we took the train down to maryland and i stayed down with her the rest of the time down there because she got a whole house and everything and it was just a lot easier so anyway that's the story of the surgery so I went back to work for the first time today, and I go into the office for the first time tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting um, because I haven't actually been out like and about for a full day yet. So that'll be the first time. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's the that's the lowdown on that. I went to NYU. Very, I always go to NYU. I didn't get it through the VA because I, I fuck with them with like man, you know, basic shit and free pills and shit, but not no damn surgery. Um. Yeah, so, um, what, what's next? Um, what's that? Oh, so it, yo, <laughs> 2024, man, coming in with a bang. It been so much drama. I thought the most funniest, important thing I'm going to talk about here was Nicki Minaj having a fucking meltdown. <laughs> but that's been surpassed. But all I want to say about, uh, Nichols is... Uh, Miss Monsterverse is a perfect example, and I say this a lot, but I'm I'm gonna say this here, and hopefully y'all really see what I mean, and hopefully y'all feel me. Is a perfect example of what happens when a person has never been punched in their face a day in their life. That's how you act. That is how you act when you have never been punched in the face 
a day in your life. You say crazy shit, you say wild shit, you act the fucking ass, and, and, and you think nobody is supposed to do nothing to you and act shocked and appalled when, when somebody uh, throws a shoe at your head, right? Um... Um, I, I just, I just think it's funny. I've, I've, if y'all listen to this, I've never been a fan of hers. Never been a fan of Homegirl. Always thought Homegirl was corny. I used to be fighting for my life back in the day when everybody was on the Nikki train. Cause I never was. I like the bitch is corny. That spaceship shit is corny. She's whack. She's fake bisexual. She's fucking corny bitch. I know a corny bitch when I see one. I'm allergic to corny bitches, and I knew she was one. And I was fighting for my life for a long fucking time when that monster verse came out. That's why I call that motherfucker to act like she pulled down the sun and the earth like. Atlas off that one fucking verse and to me I didn't even think it was the best verse on there I thought I thought yeah it's better I'm in the minority on that I understand I'm not saying the one the good verse but I'm saying when put it like this a lot of white kids going up for that verse when white kids go up for a verse it's for a reason not because it's the best that's all I'm gonna say um um so I, you know, she had one song that I fucking like, which I've always given her credit for, looking ass nigga. But like I've always said, um, all her little fans swear she. I'm not saying she don't write her stuff, but there was a mark drop off when Safari left. Safari Denver said he wrote for her. He said he helped her and he wrote her punchlines, and I believe it because she ain't had a she ain't had a good song since. She ain't won a battle since. I'm old school. I'm Generation X. My bitch is Kimberly Jones and Foxy Inga. Marshawn Brown. Those are my two rap girls, okay? Nikki is corny. She never been fly. She never been none of that to me. So this is just funny to me. I wish Megan Thee Stallion all the luck in the world. She came back with that hiss. She said something about a Megan's Law, which applied to a whole bunch of people. And I really thought she was going to have more to do's than Nikki. But Nikki, somebody on Twitter said Nikki jumped out in front of that bud like the Secret Service, which is accurate. And went on like a 72-hour coke rant about this girl, she's delusional, I never liked her, all her streams are bought, c clearly, because she's always got these number one song, but don't nobody listen to it, don't nobody know it, it's not charting anywhere, those, those are, those are bot farms that you got, man, I don't know who you distributing through, or how you doing that, because usually they, they will uh, take your shit down for doing that shit, but, um, you probably just buying, that's probably what you is, you got, that's what you can do as a marketing budget. You can put money towards a marketing budget, and if you want to use that money to fucking buy up your streams, you could do that. Um, to make it look like that shit is hot, you could do that. Um, it was funny to me. I had much more to say about it, but so much has occurred since then that I'm gonna just that's all I'm gonna say. But um, I wish Meg uh, the Stallion all the luck in the world. I love the way she handled it. I know she been through a lot. I know losing your mother is a lot. Um, at any age, but especially trying to do what you was trying to do and go to school and finish all that. Proud of you for that. I think that's amazing, and I just think you dope. And I wish you all the all the all the luck in the world with your distro um deal through UMG, which um also has an artist services component. I know you're gonna do well on that. Not for nothing, you know. I tried to get you on the radar for where I work, but them motherfuckers is you know if it ain't a rock and roll white boy, then you know they don't they don't know. But um. Yeah, um, just, I just, 
I mean, Meg, and, and the way she just ignored her ass, the way she just let her go off and was on TV promoting her shit, she, it was it was amazing. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Got that girl in shambles. She probably still stomping around her room somewhere, but somebody finally came in and, and blew the coke off the desk. So she, you know, and, and probably put a straight jacket on her ass and got her some ginger ale and told her ass to lay down so she ain't able to, she ain't able to uh, keep ranting, but... It, it, it was great. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention really quick before I get into the main grift of what I want to say is um, Griselda dropped on Netflix. It's Sofia Vergara's uh, version of the story of Griselda Blanco. If you are like me, a Gen X kid, grew up in the crack era in the drug wars, you... Um, you may not have known Griselda Blanco by name, but you are familiar with her work. That's all I will say, because I remember um, the first the first thing I remember of like uh, understanding that like something was going on was they had the Dadeland Mall shooting on TV. I remember it. Back then, you know, we didn't have an internet. You had NBC, CBS, ABC. That was the news. They broke through, said stuff, or you had 60 Minutes and stuff like that. And I remember um, they broke through and talked about the shooting in Miami and and how, because at that time, Miami was really, really dangerous. Like, every other day, like, if you remember that show Miami Vice, Miami Vice came about because of how dangerous it was Miami with all the, um, the drug cartels and everything down there so much so that all the way up to like 1990 when I was starting to look at where I wanted to go to college my dad University of Miami was one of them my dad was like you are not going to University of Miami do not apply do not even think about it I'm giving you not going down there because he had his little business down there so he knew he knew how violent it was down there but anyway Griselda Blanco um, you could, there's, there's been two movies on her called Cocaine Cowboys, um, and there's been a lot of, like, documentaries random on her, but Griselda was really good. It was really good because when I watched it, I realized, well, first of all, Saviva Guard did a really good job. They tried to make her look ugly because, I mean, I'm not saying Griselda Blanco was ugly. Uh, well, I ain't gonna call a woman ugly, but she definitely wasn't no, she definitely wasn't hot. And, you know, Sophia Vergara, look how she looked. And Sophia Vergara is from, um, she is from, is it Barranquilla? She's from not, she's from the coast. Um, there's, it's not, it's not Cartagena. There's another, she's from the same place that, um, um, what's her name is from? Shakira is from, I, I think, I want, why do I want to say Barranquilla? I don't know. But she's from Colombia, not, not Bogota, not Medellin, um, up on the coast. I want to say it's Barranquilla. I don't know why I feel like that's where she's from. But, um, and she, if you know Sofia, Sofia Vergara's story, it's actually pretty, pretty amazing too. She came over, um, to America and, and made a star of herself. And her first, one of her first productions was in Tyler Perry. And she always gives him a shout out when asked, like, that's how she got her start. And, um, you know, she's like multimillionaire now. So, um, she, she, um, played Sofia, uh, she played Griselda Blanco did a really good job. But what I wanted to say, a lot of people had a lot to say about it, and, oh, they're playing, Griselda uh, Blanco was a cold, cold-blooded killer. This is what I will say. Before I saw that, 
they they were definitely playing Griselda soft, and I'm sure they took some creative license. But I just assume Sophia being from Colombia, they know a lot more about this story than we do. Because my um friend Richard, his husband is from Colombia. He's from Bogota, and his dad is a judge, and his dad was a judge active back then with Pablo and the Cho Choas and all them moving around. Like his dad was very, um, they said that you know back then they they had to have protection and all that shit because of how they was killing the judge. So. And he tells us stuff. So Colombians that back, they know a little bit more about that story than we do. So I assume some of the stuff that um, Sophia came up with, some of it might have been creative license, but I just assume some of it was like more knowing the background because I believe that Griselda was born in Medellin or Medellin, I think so. And um, but but I realized when I watched that that every other. So people said they were taking it too easy on Griselda and trying to make it like she had a heart and she was uh, worried about this. You know, she was more um, humane than than she was. And I pushed back on that because I was like, you know what? The only thinking about it now, the only version of Griselda's story, Griselda Blanco's stories we have because she's never talked All we have heard from her has been from the snitches who snitched on her and the cops who caught her. And whenever, just generally, whenever there's a a powerful or important or, you know, I don't know, uh, influential woman evolved and the only people telling the story are the men, I automatically know that we're not getting the full story. Automatically. But it just dawned on me. I was like, you know, because basically Griselda, so Griselda Blanco, if you don't know, she was like the cocaine kingpin of the 80s she had miami flooded with cocaine she pablo escobar said he was scared of her all them colombians were scared of her she um she was it but she didn't start in miami that's what and i know this because i've watched um different you know i love true crime and i've watched different specials she actually came to New York from Columbia was a big uh, kingpin in Queens to the point where they got a federal indictment on her in Queens back in the seventies, like mid to late seventies for cocaine. She fled that, she fled that, um, indictment that warrant and went to Columbia. So that's where Griselda picks up. Griselda picks up after she has fled from New York, went back to Columbia, built the co- built the cocaine business back up again with her husband in Columbia. Now the story that's, um, told that I've always been told st- kind of starts it, it starts one of two places it starts with the Dayland Mall shooting or they tell you that she killed her first husband but they don't tell you why they just say that um, it was an argument over business or something that he tried to kill her and, and, and so she ended up killing him and they never say why in the movie they say they um, the story is that he owed his brother a debt. He made Griselda sleep with his brother to pay it off. And then he tried to front on Griselda and, and she killed him. I don't know if that's poetic license. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's something that, that, you know, they know in Colombia that we don't really know. Again, this lady's story has never been told from her side. I'm not saying she wasn't all the things they said she was, but I'm like, that made me realize, you know what? We never heard her story. So we, you know, like, we don't know. Like, why did, because the story is always told like, oh, Griselda Blanco came out of nowhere and she just was so violent. And that's what they say. Like, she just started killing people for no reason. But this story kind of shows like, um, it probably wasn't for no reason. She was trying to put, she had to flee her husband. 
came back to Miami. She got managed to smuggle out one kilo of coke, which was like pure coke, and she was just trying to get in the business, and all these dudes was playing her. They wouldn't let her in. She was a woman. They kept screwing her over. Dude tried to steal her coke from her. She had to hit him with a baseball bat. She kept trying to like show these dudes, look, you want to be in business with me. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this. I did it here. I did it there. You want to be in business with me, but they just wouldn't have it because she's a woman, and so they finally... um. They, they, they kept like making deals with her and then, and then fucking her over. So after the last time they did that, she got tired and she was like, okay, try to do it the nice way. Now y'all trying to show us and all of y'all ganging up against me, trying to keep, trying to starve me. Basically, I'm not having it. So fine. You don't want to do it that way. We'll do it this way. Like, like Pablo Escobar said, plato a ploma. You don't want the money, you'll get the lead. And so that's what that she had to, um, in the movie, that showed that, like, that's what she had to do to really step up, to let them know she was not fucking around. All her partners that turned on her and made the deal and cut her out, she killed them. And the main dude, the other supplier that kept threatening her and telling her that she, she, not, she killed him too. So... I'm just saying it matches. So it's the one story that always gets told. She came out of nowhere. She was super violent. We don't know. She was just super violent. She liked to kill people. She killed people all the time. She just was violent, which it don't really make sense. And the version they told where it's like, well, no, I mean, yeah, she was violent. She did what she had to do, but it didn't come out of nowhere. And, um, people always talk about, well, they say when she was 11, she kidnapped and killed a kid. That's true. They do say that. But they but what they don't but the background of that story is when um all of those the reason why them Colombians was crazy and violent like that is because they all grew up in a time in Colombia that they called it La Valencia. Which is basically when in Colombia they have this terrorist group called, and I think they still have it. I think they made peace with them, but then I read maybe it didn't work or something. It's called the FARC, and they're like leftist guerrilla terrorists um, that were trying to like, um, like to fight. Basically, you know, all these fucking do a revolution type bullshit, but. Um, they were guerrillas, and they were and they were at war with Colombia and the government, and it caught and it was an ongoing thing, and it caused a lot of violence. And they were saying that when Griselda and them grew up, like literally, it was bodies in the street, like you get assassinated, and it, it was just very violent. So these kids grew up in violence. So they were trying, they were like, and they had all these little gangs and shit, and like, yeah, she was a part of a gang, and and what they would do to make money was like super rich and a super poor. And to this day in Colombia, if you if you are an executive or some kind of person has to deal in Colombia, they have to get all kind of insurance for you, and it's all kind of safety measures, because to this day, that's still how they'll kid, they kidnap American executives and, and demand great ransoms, like it happens a lot. And back then, that's what they used to do. They would kidnap rich people, rich families, and be like, hey, we got your boy, if you don't give us X amount of dollars we gonna kill him and that's and that's how they made money and so they said this little gang she was running in they kidnapped the boy and the, i forgot why the family didn't pay but some reason the family didn't pay and they ordered her to kill the boy and 11 and she killed him and 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 i mean but she everybody was doing that so i mean i'm not excusing it but they always say that like evidence that she's always been violent it's like well she came from a violent country where violent shit was going on every fucking body was violent and they violent to this day like you know what i mean like it's a very poor country i'll be trying to tell y'all man y'all americans y'all swear we listen we don't be poor like other people be poor okay them other motherfuckers be rich people and it be poor people and that's it and so um 
Yeah, like, it, it was really good. It was her side of the story. I thought it was very well done. I really did. I, did they go soft on Griselda? Maybe. But I don't really think they did, because at the end, they also showed, and this is what's also they say in all the docs I've watched. They say that she started doing drugs. She started, like all of them, she started doing crack and cocaine, and that's what, there's a, um, the cocaine cowboys, when they talk to this, the guy that was supposed, he ended up not snitching on her, actually, but, um, he, he's still in jail. Her, her number one guy, his name is Revi, Jorge Ayala. He's the one that talks about her the most. He's the one, if you watch the movie, um, that was, the one with the crazy hair, the skinny dude, um, that's supposed to be Revi. Um, he says that um, once she started doing a drug, all of them, they started doing drugs. She got paranoid, and then you couldn't tell her nothing. She just wanted to kill everybody. And the other um, murder that she's most known for, the most notorious one, the one that kind of got everybody to turn on her, is that she sent Reby out to kill um, her son. Supposedly, one of her other main dudes, Chucho, insulted her son. Her son went back and told him that he was going. He didn't. He was going to turn him into the police and 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 something else. But really, what happened was he tried to he tried to get dude to um take the gun and take the rap from him for some dumb shit. And and he was like, Nah, bro. Like, go tell your mom they ain't gonna do nothing. You gonna play? You know, pay the police off or whatever. So. He, um, because of that, and because she was on drugs, she told Reevee to go shoot dude. This was like her day one from, from way back, and when Reevee shot him, he, she didn't, his two-year-old son was laying down in the back seat. They didn't see the kid. They ended up killing the kid, and so that was like terrible, like a two-year-old, that was like terrible, uh, press and everything and he said that she was really bothered by that and they showed that in the movie because he was like yeah you know she we that really we we wasn't supposed to kill a kid you know and so I you know I thought it was well done I thought I thought it was refreshing to see her side not her side of the story but I thought it was like you know what that's that makes we we haven't really heard any other version but what the police say and like we all know like how accurate could they be like they don't you know and so um to show all that happened prior to that which i don't have no reason to think is not true it was just it was just interesting it shed a light on it like she did what she had to do so if you don't know um so what happened was um griselda ended up um fleeing because they you know finally got a um all the indictments and shit on her because people snitching on her. Reevy being one was supposed to snitch on her, so she went to California. Um, they found they found her in California. Can't remember how how, but the cop tells about how when he walked, she was in the bed with her Bible. He arrested her. But anyway, what happened was they didn't get her for they got her for like maybe eight years, like no time because Reevy was supposed to snitch on her, but Reevy ended up doing some phone sex scandal with the clerk of the court that fucked up the um the whole case and ended and then he couldn't be a witness. And they asked Reevee, does he do it on did he do that on purpose? And he don't say he did, but he has the smirk on his face that you could tell he didn't. He was like, hey no, I just always liked the lady. So it's it, it's pretty implied that he did that he didn't want to snitch on her. And so he's like, Okay, this is what I'ma do. I'ma fuck it up so that I can snitch on her. And he's um never been given parole and he says that at this point they're just harassing him because they say he fucked up their case. And he's like, But I really didn't. He 
he was like, oh, you know, you, you all the stuff, you, all you really had on her was me. Like, all the stuff she did, you should have had more on her than just me and my testimony. And then you should have made sure your stupid-ass clerk ain't mess it up. You know what I mean? So so he said, like, at this point, Griselda's dead because once she got out of jail, they uh, deported her to Colombia, and then she was assassinated in Colombia in 2012. And the way, and, um, the way she was assassinated, the one thing they say that they credit Griselda, Griselda Blanco with is Griselda Blanco is the one that made that came up with the hit squads on motorcycles. So that stuff you see on like New Jack City and where people ride by on scooters, and they say she um, came up with that. So they said whoever killed her in Colombia, that's how they killed her. She was coming. She said she was her um, daughter-in-law, I think, said she was over there. She had changed. You know, she was not doing drugs anymore. She was into real estate. She was, she was doing really well. And she was coming out of the butcher shop one day and somebody rode up and killed her, caught, you know, caught up with her. So, but that was in 2012. So she still lived down there for a long time. I think they deported her in like 2008 or something like that. So she was down there for a little bit. But, um, yeah, that, that's really good. Griselda was really good on Netflix. I thought it was really well done. I think people doing too much. Talking about they, look, they were just focusing on the time she was in Miami because that is what she is most known for. That was the cocaine cowboys. That was that time period when that when 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 Miami was just all cocaine, all cartel, all the time. That's the, the time period they're focusing on because that was Griselda. Um, all right, so moving on. So let's talk about the Grammys. And I was not going to talk about the Grammys, but I, I am now because, well, a lot. First of all, I was so happy to see Celine Dion come out on that stage because they was talking about my girl like she was on death's door. I was preparing for the fume. I was in shambles. They said the lady was paralyzed and had some kind of disease and couldn't move. And I was like, oh, my God. She walked out there and looked just fine. I, I that's, Apparently, whatever she has is some kind of syndrome where it does affect her vocal cords and she can't. It's called stiff person syndrome or something. But it ain't like how they made it. I mean, they made it sound like the lady was on death's door. She was fine. I mean, I don't know. She looked fine to me. She came out there. She was dressed to the nines. She spoke and everything. And I was just so glad to see it because, I mean, they they said it like she had to retire. She had to cancel her show. She was just dead to the bed. She was, she was you know, on her way to the upper room. And it, it seemed like that's not it. It seemed like whatever she has, yes, it's a syndrome, and yes, it does stop her from sing, uh, singing, but it's like not a constant thing. It's just like, I don't know, it comes and goes, or like, it she'll have you know, I don't know, I guess like asthma or something, when you have an attack, then you gotta deal with it, and you know, then you be okay again. Um, so I was so glad to see that. She presented an album in the year to Taylor Swift once again. But this is what I want to talk about, and you know, it, it, I, Y'all know I have said that Jay-Z is my favorite rapper, and he still is, but I have been cooled on wig for a very long time, going back to the NFL, because I feel like that little incident with um, Colin Kaepernick showed who that nigga is, for real, for real. Because, like I said, you went out of your way to disparage that black man who really wasn't trying to do nothing but kneel in support of um, anti-police brutality, and you sat up there with the white man laughing and slapping you on a joke and cooning trying to discredit this black man so you get an NFL team. That was very, that was very coolness to me. And I've been very cool on it since. But what happened last night was, and I'm going to try, listen, if you're a Beyonce stand, I'm not going to drag Beyonce on here at all. I'm going to speak facts. I'm going to talk objective facts. The stands don't like that. So I'm telling you right now, don't listen to the rest of this because you're going to be mad because I'm going to say some things that's probably going to upset you, but you're not going to be able to tell me they're false. Okay. Um, 
So they make up some, you know, listen, I have said before, these artists, these rappers, they need to decide if the, if the Grammys matter or if they don't, because what's very corny and what's very late is clearly when you win the awards, you win the awards and you the greatest, but when you don't win the awards, then they don't matter and you the greatest and you don't need, I really respect people like, like Abel, like The Weeknd, who just don't, they don't put into the Grammys because it's like, you're not going to give it to me. It don't matter. I'm still on my tour. People still like me. I just, you know, back when I was a kid, Gen X, we used to watch the Grammy Awards. Actually, we only really started watching Grammy Awards when Michael Jackson dropped Thriller and started winning. Because before that, the Grammys was boring as shit. They would get to, like, best piccolo solo or shit. It would never be nobody you ever heard of. It was only when they start adding the pop stars that people start watching. And 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 back then, it was, it was, it was an event because everybody was so elite and everybody was so great. Oh, sidebar. If you haven't watched that, The Greatest Night in Pop or whatever on Netflix, you should watch it. Because when we say stop comparing people to Michael Jackson, and when we say y'all just don't understand how big and talented stars were in the 80s as compared to now, you watch that and you'll see. Um, But back to what I was saying. Um, I, I'm tired. I, I think it's very late and very corny for the... You know, we don't care about awards, but we do care about awards. And if you don't give us your award, then we're not going to show up to your show. And all that. Either you care or you don't care. And the thing about it is, if you care, which you all do, we all know it's a game. And we all know there's politics involved. Okay? You have to politic. Viola said it. I wasn't getting an award because I wasn't going to the lunches. I wasn't going to. So I started going to the lunches. And I started doing what I was supposed to do. And, oh, I got to go to this event. Okay, I got to go to this screen. Okay, that's what I got to do to win some award. It's a game. And you don't want to play it or you don't want to play it. If you want the fucking awards, you got to go to that little brunches and shit. Everybody knows this, okay? Um... And, you know, it's all kind of pot. labels push certain people over other people. You know, it, it just is what it is. Now, this is what I'm going to say. Y'all know if y'all listen to this, I've said before, I like Beyonce. I'm not a stand though. Like, I'm not a huge, huge fan. I like her. I think four, y'all be, y'all be, y'all be talking shit about four. That's one of her best albums. I think Beyonce was, uh, well, prior to Renaissance, I think Beyonce was the best album she dropped. I think Renaissance was amazing. I think Renaissance should have won an album of the year. And I said, why? I, I'm a, t- a fan of Taylor Swift. I understand what Taylor Swift did. I like the Harry um Harry Styles album a whole lot. I understand it sold a lot. I understand that these are big people. I just said that album hit the streets in a way that none of them other albums did. Not that those albums didn't sell. I understand that, but like that that Renaissance album crossed genres. I mean, you had. White women, middle-aged white women on TikTok doing and trying to do the dance. You had, I mean, all over the world. We saw what the tour did. I just think when an album comes through and it has the impact on the on the culture and 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 like that, I think that that should be. I don't think you give that dance album like a little niche. I think that's I think that's albumy. I think you have to consider that. Not to mention that it did. Um, I, I believe it was. One of her best-selling albums, if not the best, I think, um, had the the, the the song stayed on the charts the longest, had some number ones, unlike the um, uh, Lemonade Prior, which I've already talked about how that album is meh many times. Um, I think it should have won an album of the year. But at the same time, Jay-Z gets a monster. So they make up this award, the Dr. Dre Global Icon, which... Dr. Dre is is a woman beater, and <laughs> please, they make up. They basically make up this award to give to Jay Z. 
which this is my this is my issue and I don't care what your issue is or if you don't have an issue this is my podcast I'm telling you what my issue is this is what I did not like my thing is again if you don't care about the awards you want to boycott the awards because they're not you know fine I think it's a little silly because Beyonce has more Grammys than anybody. So I'm not understanding how they are so unfair. And it's first of all, let me just say, well, we are living in a very precarious time. And with all this stuff that's going on and these motherfuckers don't take a stand on nothing, but their Grammy worth. That's already whack to me. I've said that before. All of them are the pits. Um, but this is the thing that you're trying to make about injustice. Like, do you understand that abortion rights are gone? Affirmative action is gone. These motherfuckers are still trying to juke up. Like, it's so many things that y'all could get behind and you never get behind it. And you actually frequently align with the opposing side. But you, but here, but like, it's every, every year at the Grammys, we got to hear the same shit. Um, my, my, this is my issue with it. Beyonce is a great touring artist. She's a great performer. That Renaissance tour, I think broke all the records. I'm not, I, I know it broke a lot. I don't, I don't know which ones it is. I know it broke a lot. I know everybody and their mama went. I know everybody was on mute. I saw it. I didn't go cause I wasn't paying them prices. And I know that shit going to be on TV. And like I said, I'm not a huge fan like that. Um, my life is going to be just fine that I didn't see that shit live. Okay. But, um, music wise, she is not, the level of artists, not talking about she can't sing, none of that. I'm talking about the, the markers, the objective markers that people use. Number one hits, album sold, streams, how long you stay on the charts, you know, all of that kind of shit. She, there are so, she, she's not that her music does not do that. Well, we went back and forth when y'all tried to put Rihanna, who is no shade, one of the better um, recording artists. Their cat, their their sales, their catalogs, all it doesn't compare. It just doesn't. Like she, Beyonce just does not. Her music does not compare like that. It doesn't. Y'all try to and 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 what really irritates me about this whole conversation is there are so many people, the Stevie Wonders, the Mariah Careys, the Whitney Houston's, the um, the uh, just so many um artists, the 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 um. The, the Bob Marley's, the, there's so many artists, black and white, who are great, legendary, iconic artists who no shade. Beyonce's music is not on a level with, who don't have album of the year. And for this just entitlement that they have, and that's what it is, it's this entitlement that you got to give her album yet that shit I that shit did not sit right with me when you get on stage in front of in front and listen you wasn't at the Al Albert showcase you wasn't at the little magic sweepstakes you was this year it was heavy hitters in that in that in that uh arena you don't gotta like Taylor Swift but Taylor Swift been recording dropping records and she was 16 going on 17 and all of them joints went platinum and she ain't dropped a dud yet and that's consistency from 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 16 to 30 somehow old she is now that's a track record that's consistency y'all ain't gotta like it but it is what it is we talking objective facts okay for you to get on stage and, and go there just to get this award after this tour you done did with this great and let me say another thing before i really get into it what i what the problem i have with it i get so sick of y'all trying to act like beyonce is this just esteemed um just 
she doesn't say anything like, like, like she has said everything that needs to be said and she can just be silent. Now the bitch ain't, I'm sorry. I'm not going to call. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She ain't never said nothing. Even when she was given interviews, she ain't said nothing. Her interviews are flat. There's not a lot of information. They're very uh, surfacey. We've said this before. Like, she's not a great interview. It's not like she's ever said anything that's so super profound that y'all keep acting like, oh, well, she doesn't say anything, so we don't want to put words in her mouth. Her and Jay are of one accord. They're of one mind. If you think Jay went up on that stage and said that, and she, she, he might not have known exactly how he was gonna say it. But if you think she, he went up on stage to say that, and she ain't know nothing about it, and she ain't agree with what he was saying, y'all so fucking dumb. Please with that. They on the same thing. He went up there to say that because she ain't want to say it. But I just thought it was tacky, tacky, tacky. Because, bro. You didn't win album of the year, okay? You, you wasn't up against, like I said, Lil' Magic. You was up against Adele Atkins, who is a fucking, every time she drops an album, everybody move because I'm going to clear, who has a Vegas residency that been going on for, I don't even know, she just had another one in music in Munich because they sold out the cheapest seats being $3,000. Like, Taylor Swift, who I just said, been dropping number one since she was 16 years old. Harry Styles, who whether you listen to it or not, been uh, on the charts. Uh, he got actually nice albums. He, he All over the charts. Selling everywhere, world out tours, everything. Uh, you got Janelle Monet in there, who's a genius musician. I mean, you had some heavy hitters in that audience. And to stand up there and be like, oh, some of y'all are in the category. Nigga, who you talking to? Who are you... Oh, name me one person in here that you think is not in the category of musically as your wife and we can all be banned up in here because I will pull my motherfucking receipts out and we will see what's what we're not talking about tour dates we talking about music we talking about number one hits unit sold streams uh, weeks on the charts Miley's fucking flowers was number one for 38 weeks I don't think you got no song that been up there that long maybe I could be mistaken maybe you got one or two but I don't think so so don't sit up on the stage nigga talking at me A-list superstar I know my mother but I'm you know I'm not gonna do that but like I would've been like who are you talking to you must, you talking to Ice Spice? Like, who the fuck you talking about? Ain't in the category because she been in the category, like I said, with Adele, with Harry Styles, with, um, Janelle Monet, with, um, I don't even remember who, who else was in that category, but it wasn't no slouches. And it's just this, you're, <clears throat> You're begging for an award as if you are entitled to it. When he was like, oh, she the most awarded Grammy artist but don't have an album of the year, and y'all act like that made so much sense, how do it make sense? The album of the year is for the album of the year. You can have song of the year up the wazoo. Producer of the year up the wazoo. They have these different categories for a reason. Song of the year. Songwriter of the year. Producer of the year. Album of the year is something different. If you haven't the most, doesn't mean that you should get the album of the year. The album of the year is for the full body of work. You don't have that. Now, should you may have gotten it? Yeah, but like, y'all kill me because y'all act like these people that got it over her are so undeserving. And they always sell more. They always chart more. They're always in the charts longer. It's never like her shit is so far above theirs. That's the thing that be killing me. I can see if it was if it was Renaissance up against my shit. 
or, you know, some bullshit. Like, nigga, you are in the league with superstars. And, and, and I just, I thought that was very tacky, and I thought that was very, like, ungracious. Like, bro, Miley Cyrus, you know how many fucking hit Miley Cyrus got more number ones? And, which, and, and the way she handled it, because she did exactly the same thing, but she said it in a very gracious and thankful way. What she said was, I hope you guys all know that this is not important. Basically, what she was up there saying was like, yo, this is the Grammys. If they give you a award, that's great, but it don't change the career. Molly said, I'm very comfortable with success. Molly said, I know I got hits. I know I got albums. I know what I do on the charts. This is not important. I appreciate it, and I'm so happy I got to meet where I care and finally got my first Grammy. Amen. But this shit don't define Like, I'm not going to step off this stage and not be Molly Cyrus because I don't have a Grammy. And it's like, I just thought it was very, I just, I just thought that you shouldn't be, oh, I'm sorry, when I get drunk, I tell the truth. What truth you telling, Jay? Huh, Jay? What is the truth that you're telling? Because I, 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 listen, <laughs> I didn't hear no truth up there. And I, I didn't. Like, what is the truth you're telling? She's the most awarded, which means they give her Grammys, yet she didn't get the album of the year, therefore it's an injustice? Are you for real? My nigga, like, are you for real? And some of y'all shouldn't be in the category. Who shouldn't be in the category? I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me who was in the album. Oh, Justin Bieber. That was the other one. And it was a couple other ones. Because y'all keep talking about that Lemonade album. That Lemonade album was mad shit. The Lemonade album was five and a half out of ten. The best album of 2016 was Rihanna's Anti. And everybody know that. Even some Beyonce fans have now finally said, you know, that, that was the one. You know, Lemonade was good, but it wasn't. Anti still charting, mainly because the bitch is retired and we we had a, a lick of music since, so we just got to keep playing it. But that shit is still ch still charting, and it's one of the best albums to come out in the past thirty years. Okay, so like who are, who are, who are these? It's 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 this no it's it's you begging for this award. You're 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 who you are. You've done what you've done. Nobody taken away from you. You one of the greatest. You probably the greatest entertainer alive right now not even probably are, I think everybody agrees with that, okay, you are who you are, the fan, your fans love you, they appreciate you, every time you drop this expensive ass merchandise, they out and buying it, I be seeing that shit, wouldn't be me, but they out and buying it, like, you have what artists who would kill for, stop begging for an album of the year, like, it's, like, it's very, I believe that it's very undignified, and it's very beneath y'all station, and to get up on that stage like that, and talk at the Grammys like, like, yo, like, it's some conspiracy, and your wife been so slighted, when there's so many great artists above her, I said I'm gonna talk in facts, above her, that don't have that award, so what make, why should you get it, why are you so more entitled to all these other people, and people were like, well, they should get it too, yeah, but that ain't what he said, he ain't get up there and talk about all the other people that, that didn't get it, that should have, he said, even by your own criteria, you got her the most, but she don't have, and, and nigga, like, that was last year, y'all still on that, I just thought it was very, tacky and very uncouth and I guarantee you they don't get enough I, she won't get it at all now if it was me and I was on that recording cabinet Beyonce and I you're not gonna come in here and bully me you're not gonna come in here and talk slick look look okay we gave it to Taylor Swift who had an album that was number one for most of the goddamn year the person who really could be upset was SZA because SZA is the only one that passed Taylor for on this it was Taylor and it was SZA it was Ted nobody else came close 
Nobody else came close. And my thing is, is when you want a category where everybody is worthy, not everybody's going to win. And if you're going to make an a, 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 a argument that you should have won, you got to have the argument. You don't have the argument, sis. You don't, you, you, you don't have, you didn't have the weeks at the top. And Renaissance did the thing. I'm not talking about Renaissance. I said Renaissance should have won. Okay, it should have. But he's speaking like all these other albums. He should have, all these times Taylor won, she should have won. And I'm sorry, that's not, never was her albums better. Never. I'm not saying they weren't good. I'm not saying you couldn't listen to them. But like y'all motherfuckers, just because y'all don't listen to something, Taylor Swift was on the charts for almost the entire fucking year. Knocked off by SZA, who was on the charts for the rest of the entire fucking year. Yassi ain't never had an album like that. Renaissance was the closest. That was the closest. It wasn't Lemonade. It wasn't Four. It wasn't um, Self-Titled. It wasn't none of them. These are facts. Look it up. Okay, so don't get up on my stage in front of me talking about, oh, well, like, come on, man, you begging for an album of the year? Get out of here. And I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Oh, he, he told them the truth. Deeds, get the fuck out of here. He was up here begging, telling them white people to get your wife album of the year. Fuck out of here. That was corny and whack to me. And I don't care what y'all say. You could get up there and you could say, look, you know, I don't know. All right, I'm thanks for this award, you know. Y'all keep bringing us up here, we, you know, and, and this is what you want to give us. I thought Miley did it very classy. I thought Miley did it very gracious. Thank you. You want to give me an award? Thank you. But I've been making these hits out here, and I know I can fucking sing. I'm going to my mic is fucking on, okay? I'm Miley fucking Cyrus, and I'm up here doing my fucking thing. And if you want to give me the, the, the uh, award and let, so, and let Mariah carry my idol, give it to me, <laughs> thank you. But it's not that important. It's not that important. Please. And, uh, you know, like, I just, I ain't fuck with it. I thought it was corny. I thought it's the latest and a whole lot of corny shit this nigga's been doing. And, you know, I, I just, I don't, you know, all y'all swear every time somebody go up there and be ignorant on the mic that they's just speaking all this truth to power. And you really not. You up there begging for this white man to give you the album of the year. And you saying it don't matter. If it don't matter, then, then it don't matter. Okay? It don't matter. So what, like, it's, you know how many fucking people have been nominated? Not, they, and I think it was 1988. They played in Michael Jackson and Prince's face. Both of them sitting there. All these noms ain't getting nothing. Like, uh, come on, man. You, you, can, can you imagine getting on stage? Prince is the main one that was like, don't none of this shit matter. Y'all just stay on y'all. Y'all know that y'all the artists and these labels don't mean shit. And y'all put y'all music out. Because y'all made that Prince stayed on that shit. Mm. I know what it was. The one time, the one time, I think that was the year self-title came out when they gave it to Beck, right? Yeah. I think that was that year. That she should have won that one too. At least over Beck. Okay. But <laughs> y'all coming at Adele, y'all coming at Taylor, these motherfucking mega fucking stars. You gotta, if you gonna, if you gonna act like you just so far above people, you gotta be so far above people and you not. I'm sorry, it's just not. I'm not saying it's trash. Y'all are definitely in the same category, but for you to say all these other people shouldn't be in the category when they beating you in all objective measure, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I swear to God, I've been like, who you talking to, nigga? Nigga, you, you ain't got my stats, nigga. You, <laughs> fuck your wife. You ain't got my stats, nigga. Who the fuck you talking to?
<laughs> like, fuck out of here. Like, yo, hey, you know, but hey, that's just me. I told y'all I got the, I got the feisty G, but I just thought that was ignorant as fuck. Some of y'all shouldn't have been in the and that and that and that whole auditorium was quiet as fuck. Like, okay, bro, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get up there and and, and but you took the award though. It's my thing. You took the award. Like it, it don't matter. But I'm gonna take the don't don't come. No, I don't want your award. Don't make no special award for me. You 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 told us that we don't make album of the year. We not that good. So just get us. Skip us. Don't come. Do that. You pressed. And, and it, it just wasn't a good look. It just wasn't a good look. Don't do that. Do not do that. That was trash. I don't care what y'all say. That was very tacky. And and I don't mean it in a in a like um you gotta respect them people's space way. I mean it in like it was just very disrespectful of the other artists that were there. Fuck the academy. Fuck all that shit. You gonna get up on stage and insult all these other people cause your wife ain't went album of the year? All the like come on. And and, and and y'all keep y'all keep acting like Taylor like I don't know what to tell you but like Taylor Swift is like a juggernaut I don't know what to fucking tell you y'all just mad at it you just glad to be mad then she put another album out and 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 I hope because of how y'all acting I hope that shit clears too because I just think it's I just think it's bullshit I don't like the way people try to act like because they don't listen to something or they don't appreciate something that you know, it, it's trash. Like, like, let me tell y'all, I did actually look this up. Here's the artist of one album of the year at the Grammys. Stevie Wonder won a 74, 75, 77. Well-deserved. Stevie fucking Wonder. A genius. None other like him. Michael Jackson, 84. He won eight Grammys in one night. Michael Jackson, the greatest of all time. Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones, Natalie Cole, Whitney Houston, Lauren Hill, Outlier, Outcast. Outlier, no offense. Ray Charles, Herbie Hancock, John Baptiste. These people, take out Outkast, take out Lauren Hill. No, no disrespect to Outkast, but I'm, I'm, it's, I think y'all gonna understand what I'm saying here. Great, uh, a Hall of Goat rap group. That's not what I'm saying, but like nobody putting Outkast up against Stevie Wonder is what I'm trying to say. Michael Jackson. These people, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones, Natalie Cole, Whitney Houston, Ray Charles, Herbie Hancock, John Baptiste. No, well, take John Baptiste out too. No shade to y'all girl, but she is not on that level. She is not that type of artist. She is not that quality of artist. That music does not resonate or or have or has not, except for Renaissance, has not resonated, has not made a change, has not left the imprint, except for um self-titled with the single ladies. And she's had some. I'm not cutting her like that. She ain't had no fucking Stevie Wonder, them three albums he put out. She ain't had no, she ain't even had Janet albums. That four album run Janet had. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just objectively, she has not. So it's like, Oh no! It, it just it did. that shit. That shit was very nasty. I thought it was very unnecessary. Um, I think you go up there, you take your award, you take your twenty-two Grammys, the most of all time, and you just be grateful. And if you don't have album of the year, guess what, sis? You're in a category with a lot of whole other amazing artists, Mariah Carey being one, who don't have it. 
it's okay. But to get up there year after year after year and try to bully these people and to give you this award, and if you don't get it, you're not showing up. And then he was just up there talking crazy. Like, I like Jay. Jay is my favorite rapper, but like, nigga, you, 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 it was a whole golden era before you came. Biggie was not like well not so much not Biggie LL Run DMC like it, Curtis Blow Heavy D Salt and Pepper Kid and Play it was so many people Will Smith it was so like come on bro like I'm not you you put you Jay put himself in a in in stuff that no like DMX it was it, come on man. Y'all know what I'm saying. I, I ain't trying to go too hard because that is my favorite rapper, and I think y'all play on his name a lot. But like, I think that dude really—I mean, it's it's a lot of ego there, and it's a lot of like, bro, you didn't build Jeff Jam, you didn't build it, you never carried it on your back. Okay, LL did that, DMX did that, Beastie Boys did that, Run DMC did that. Like, come on. It, it was it was a lot. It, I thought it was I thought it was rude, and I don't even care about like I don't even care about like all the um you know people are, oh he taking up for his wife that's fine I, I get that if that's what you want to do you and your feelings I get that it wasn't really that that rubbed me the wrong way it was it was it was the contempt it it was the notion that your wife is more deserving than d- these other people who got it. And should have got it over all these other people who objectively, if you really want to go by the numbers, still win. You know, still win. That's that's why I was like, "Mm, y'all, whatever. I don't care if y'all don't agree with me, but I, I that was I did not like that. I thought that was nasty. I thought that was beneath them. I thought that was I thought that y'all was standing up there groveling complaining, acting like you have been done so wrong because you don't got album of the year at the Grammys? You got the most Grammys of anybody, but you don't have album of the year, therefore it's injustice. Like, get out of here. I thought that was bullshit. And I don't care if y'all don't agree with me. I thought it was... I know I know a lot of people do agree with me because I peeped. I peeped. <laughs> I peeped when it happened to TL, who was like, oh, that's... And who wasn't? And it was a whole lot more people... That was kind of silent and not saying nothing. Then it was, it was like, oh, he dragged. I seen like maybe a few people. Everybody else was just like, oh, that's okay. That's what we doing. All right. So I know that it's a whole lot of y'all out there that feel me. I really do. Um, um, you know, t- look, I'm Gen X. I'm, I'm not gonna, um, yeah, it is what it is. We we built this culture. We made this culture. A lot of y'all try to act like y'all was there with us. A lot of y'all try to act like we are the same. We are not. We are not. We are seventies babies. We were eighties kids. We grew up in the best decade for the best two decades actually for pop culture that there probably ever have been. The eighties as a kid and nineties as a kid and a, and a uh, pre adult. Um, 
and, and it just it 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 just is what it is. All this shit that y'all talk about, all this shit that y'all trying to do now, y'all copying us. The way y'all dress, that everybody want to get they they um cuts in their eyebrows now and they parts and that's us. We created that. We didn't get that from nobody. We made that ourselves. The, the and and every Gen Xer and every genre was fire. It was excellence everywhere. So. Like millennials, y'all cool, but like, but like, it's like y'all y'all try to like, I don't even know what like y'all 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 try to like include yourselves in things that y'all were not included in. Like, I don't give a fuck if you watch TV, MTV, when you were five years old, nigga. You're a baby. You're a child. You're five. You wasn't outside like us, okay? You wasn't in the skating. You wasn't in the streets. Like, you wasn't watching. You didn't watch Michael Jackson in his prime. Y'all might have seen Michael Jackson bad, which was still pretty good, but that one thriller, Michael Jackson, that one off the wall, Michael Jackson, y'all didn't see Madonna in her, well, y'all actually did probably see Madonna in her prime because her prime lasted so long, but y'all didn't see, like, Mega in the 80s when it was like, what, when she just came and stormed through, but y'all probably did see Madonna in her prime because her prime lasted so long, well into the 90s. Maybe y'all did. Tina Turner, Bruce Springsteen, all these great iconic artists that we, Gen X, got to experience as teenagers, as 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds, going to the shows, seeing the videos, running home from school. Like, y'all, that's that's our experience. And y'all keep wanting to argue with us about it. Y'all keep wanting to tell us shit that y'all weren't even there for how it happened. What are you talking about? And that's okay. Everybody got their own generation. But I'm here to tell you, anybody Gen X can tell you, when 2000 came, the culture shifted. And all the fly, dope, they got a a, a thing on it too, Woodstock and 99, a documentary. All the fly, dope, edgy, where's this coming from, nobody did this shit before culture that we had disappeared. And it turned into this little millennial bad fashion, TRL, and I, I enjoyed some of that shit, like Brandy Monica, I enjoyed a lot of it, I'm not, you know, but it, it wasn't the same, like, y'all shit is not our shit, and the older millennials, y'all know what I'm talking about, because y'all was there in the shift, y'all were there in the shift, so y'all saw it, so, but, 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 like, look, y'all not gonna argue me down, because I know what I'm talking about, when I don't know what I'm talking about, I say that. I'm, I I think, I don't know. But you're not finna tell me about my time and my generation. Because we saw, we know who y'all are little kids. Y'all are little lame-ass kids. Y'all couldn't go to the store by yourself. Y'all had to ride bikes with helmets on your fucking head. We didn't grow up like that. We was home running whole households at 8 and 9 years old. Y'all can't tell us about us and our generation. Y'all can't. Y'all need to stick to the shit that y'all did. Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, all that shit. That's y'all. That's y'all. Y'all can't tell us about MTV when MTV played videos 24-7, when it was VJs, when it was uh, Headbangers Ball and, and all kind of these different shows. And, and the only news you watched was Kurt, Kurt Lowe. The Kurt Lowe told you when, um, when, um, mm, um, Michael Jackson got burnt up. 
He told you when Lisa uh, um, left eye burnt that man ha- house down. He told you when baby Jessica got caught in the in the, in the, in, the, in the well. He told you about the space shuttle Challenger. He told you about Ronald Reagan getting ch- no, did he? Not not Ronald Reagan. Um, so who who got shot? Somebody else got shot. They broke the news. They told you about um um uh what what I said it. Oh, space shuttle Challenger. They told you all that shit. Like that was our news. If if Kurt Loder broke through on, on your videos, something big had happened. Okay? Something big, something tragic, something happened. That, that's y'all didn't grow up like that. Y'all did. Y'all had MTV too. Y'all had Road Rules. Y'all had two. And that's cool. That's fine. Like, but it's not the same. So, like, please, please give it a give it a rest. Like, y'all didn't y'all y'all didn't grow up like we grew up. God damn. Um yeah, so that's 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 it. That's all I wanted to say. Um, I, I I'm getting a little tired here. My voice is starting to crack, but I did give y'all a, a long time. I don't like to spend too much time on the gener, gener, generation wars, but the the fact is that we don't start it. We just be talking our shit, then y'all come and say some wild shit, and we gotta correct y'all. And then it turns into oh, generate. You could have minded your fucking business, like you, like baby. I'm 50 years old. I, I was a kid in the 80s. Millennials started in 1980. So when I was 15, you were what five? We we not the same, babe. I could go outside at, at night when I was 15. You could not. We not the same. Whatever you was into is not what was hot, babe. Like you like we was the teenagers. Like whatever you like was not it. So. And I mean, honestly, we had the culture all the way till 2000. We really didn't. I mean, you ask me, we still got it because our shit's still better than anything else after. But whatever. That's a conversation for another day. But, um, yeah, I said all I had to say. That's it for this episode. I'm not going to be out here ranting and raving for too long. Thanks for y'all patience. Um, um, you know, like I said, I try to keep these regular. What's today? Monday. Okay, this is a good day. So yeah, you get a whole week and the next episode will come. Um, pray for me, y'all. I'm gonna go back to the gym tomorrow. My first day back to the gym. Um, I gotta take it easy though. Can't go too crazy. I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I don't know if I'm gonna just do like some callus. I think I think I'm gonna try to do legs because my legs are are strong. Like it's not the um the surgery was in my midsection, and so I definitely can't do crunches. And I'm a little nervous. I probably could do upper body. I just I think I'm gonna do legs because my legs are solid. Um, but I'm gonna let y'all know how it go. But I definitely I I, I am the go in the gym and overdo it type person. So I got to make sure that I just keep it easy. Do what I could do and get the fuck out of there. So y'all pray for me tomorrow. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for asking. Like me, rate me, rate me, tell a friend. Um, the email is thanks for asking podcast at gmail.com. But like I told y'all many times, I don't check that shit. It's easier just at me on the TL at KMGZ. Um, yeah. And um, that's it. Uh, thanks for coming out. Good night.